everyone. <laughs> so um, this is Romy's Reviewing the Movies. I am Lindsay. I'm Maria. And today we are reviewing one of the greats, which is Boomerang. <clears throat> um, Boomerang came out in 1992, um, has an all-star cast. The cast, yeah, the cast is Eddie Murphy, um, of course, one of the greats, um, Robin Gibbons, Martin Lawrence, Tisha Campbell, David Allen Greer, Holly Berry, um, Grace Jones, Eartha Kitt, um, John Witherspoon, and that's just off the top of my head. Uh, Chris Rock. Chris Rock, yes. Chris Rock. Le Layla Roshan, like. Yep, yep, Layla Roshan. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just has such an all-star cast. Um, phenomenal writing, directing. This was this was one of one of the greats from the great '90s. Um, it actually hit 30 years this year. And um, I'm so happy that it's on HBO Max. Um, even yes. though, even though I have it on DVD, but uh, um, yeah. So basically, our pretty much uh, rundown is that we have um, our main cast member, which Eddie Murphy plays, which his name is Marcus Graham. Marcus Graham is pretty much a ladies' man. Uh, he, you know, runs through lady runs through ladies like forty going north. Like that is his thing. <laughs> Because um, he's a uh, he's a marketing exec for a um, ladies cosmetic company, and the cosmetic company is being acquired by another company, which is called Lady Eloise. And um, Lady Eloise herself is. A woman by the name of Lady Eloise, which is played by Eartha Kitt. Am I frozen now? No, you're good. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, it's played by Eartha Kitt, and um, her company is acquiring Marcus Graham's company, which is called Chantress. And so, with this acquisition, um, of course, they merged the colleagues. So one of them that is brought over is Robin Givens' character, which her name is Jacqueline. And he sees her. He, he doesn't know that she is coming on to the marketing department. Um, he actually vetted for um, this position to be head of marketing once the merger um, completed, was complete. And so she's actually taking the job that he thought he was going to get. He thought he was a shoot. <laughs> he thought he was going to be head of marketing. She was like, oh, that's so strange. I'm head right. of marketing. Right. So, um, yeah. So he thought that she was going to be a model in, um, in the 
in the company, but he's actually her, she's actually his boss. So um, that's how they pretty much met. <laughs> so he already has his reputation around the company as being his ladies man or whatever. And so she, she basically, the gist of it is that she pulled a you on you. You know what I'm saying? She pretty much was the dude in their relationship. She pretty much called the shots. Initially, she told him that she don't really date people that she messed with, but or that she um that she works with it. But after a trip, after a business trip that they took to New Orleans, they ended up um having relations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she played him like a fiddle. Yes, she there did. There's even a song on the soundtrack called Reverse of the Dog. Yes. But yeah. So it's like yeah. uh, TLC and a few other people from the Face Records on there. And they're doing, you know, the whole bye, 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 bye thing on here. You hear it in the movie as well. And so she's basically taking the tactics that Marcus would use mm-hmm. on the women and she's using it on him. Right. Right. She's coming to him with a single role. She's penciling in, in on her schedule. Um, she's yeah, she's like, I can pencil you in three weeks from now. Right, right. And that really hurt his feelings. Like he's pretty much waiting at the phone, you know what I'm saying? Like holding his breath for any piece of interaction that he could get, you know, like he's called he's pulling out all stops to try to woo her and it is just not working, you know. Um she's a taste of his own medicine. Yeah. Yeah, even in the bedroom, she took over. You know, mm-hmm. and he, he could not, he could not handle, he could not handle it. You know, um, so they got into a situation where she had to um, just gone ahead and pull, pump the brakes on their, on their situationship. And so when she did that or whatever. Um, caused him to tremendously be in his feelings. Um, and when that happened or whatever, it started to affect him work-wise. So when it affected him work-wise, um, they actually was working on this big campaign with Grace Jones and the creative, I guess his name, I guess he was the creative director with the videos and stuff like that or um, commercials and stuff like that. He was pretty abstract and everybody knows this and you have to kind of dial him back, but he was so messed up in the head after this situation with him and Jacqueline that he was just like, you can just do it. It's your show. And he gave him 100% complete control. When he gave this man complete control and with, the type of person that Strangey was that they were building this campaign around, which the campaign was for some fragrant fragrance. And Strange She wants the fragrance to smell like the essence of sex. Yes. And so like during their first meeting, they have like a prototype for her. And she's like, this is not it at all. She yeah. takes off her underwear and <laughs> rubs it all over this man's face. This yes. is the essence of sex. This is what I'm talking about. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is the essence of sex. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So when so when that happened or whatever, um, that man was pissed. Yeah. He and he like, couldn't even say anything. Right. Like he was so mad. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> he was so mad when that happened or whatever. And so um and Strange is played by Grace Jones. So if anybody is aware of Grace Jones, she is she is very abstract. She's a trendsetter. She's a legend. She's an icon. She's all of the above. Mm-hmm. So this this person, Strange, I mean, um, they even got her entrance in the film is like incredible. Yeah, like she's flown in with it. She's like, well, you don't even know it's her at first. You just see this helicopter yeah. carrying this large box, and that box is set down on the helipad. And it opens up and there's men in chariots with horses. And she's like at the end of that. And, you know, they're riding her to the party and everything. It's incredible. It's insane. Like, it's just over the top. Iconic. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) yes. It's it's an amazing scene. And when you get Grace Jones... Just Grace Jones, period. When you get her on camera, she's going to steal the show, period. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? So with her being strong, it's like she's still in the show times 10. Like she she captivates the audience that's watching her, you know? So they that was like kudos to the casting director because that was perfect casting right there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... There is this one scene before we move forward with the story. <laughs> there is this one scene where they was in um, a restaurant having dinner because after uh, <laughs> hold on, um, Zach Johnson says yes. WAP energy, a hundred percent, one thousand percent, exactly. <laughs> she definitely like before WAP was a term. But um, there's this scene when they was in a restaurant because after after New Orleans, Jacqueline came back and was basically a chatty patty in the um, in the office. Yes, and it mirrors like the first scene we see of Marcus because like he goes to the office and all the women are like, "Oh hi, Marcus," you know, we just love you, but whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so when they come back and he walks the office again, they're all talking about him, whispering about him, laughing about whatever it is that Jacqueline told them about him. And it yeah. makes him deeply uncomfortable. Yes, he's a, he's extremely uncomfortable because he's basically he's basically the, the woman in the relationship. Excuse me. They're not whispering. The way he's, right. The way he's treated women in his relationships. And now it's turntables and he's having a hard time dealing Yes, he has extreme hard time dealing. That's that's an understatement. <laughs> so, yeah. So, not only is Jacqueline telling the people in the office about their dealings, she also told Strange about their dealings. So while they're at, she told Andrew. The thing is, she didn't just tell them about their dealings. She told them about how he slept with Lady Eloise. About how what? She's, he slept with Lady Eloise. He sleeps with Eartha oh, Kitt's yes. character. Yes. And like yes. the whole time, you're supposed to believe that he's not attracted to Eartha Kitt, but Eartha Kitt looks amazing in this movie. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, 
especially given her age at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she can give some of them young chicks a run for that money. Especially them legs that were on display, honey. Them legs was off the, the chain. The corset and everything. I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. And that's the reason why Marcus thought that he was going to be in charge of all of marketing because he slept with Lady Eloise. But Lady Eloise, um, to his knowledge, hadn't had a controlling interest in the company for 15 years. So she didn't make any decisions. But, um, but yeah. So back to the, um, the restaurant scene with Strange. So it was Strange, Marcus, and Jacqueline. Mar- um, Jacqueline went to the restroom. Marcus is still talking about the campaign because this is a business dinner, you know. And Strange was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we going to fuck? And he's like, what? <laughs> Caught him completely off guard. And he yes. and just like, yeah, so when we going to fuck? Like. Jacqueline told me how you move your hips in bed. So I want to see what's up. Like <laughs> she's like, I heard the rumors. I just want to see if they're true. And right. Know, right. I heard about Lady Eloise. I heard about Jacqueline. So what's the deal? Right, right. What's T? So, <laughs> so yeah, so he's caught off guard. He's just like, yeah, no. And She's just like, you cannot turn down this pussy. Lifts up her dress, puts her leg in the air, starts pointing at her her puss, and was like, no man can turn down this pussy. <laughs> Look at this. No one can turn this down. No one can Woo! turn this Yes. Okay. So he's just like, put your leg down. We in the middle of a restaurant. And so then, and then he was telling her not to say pussy. And so... She starts saying it so loud. She starts singing it and everything. You was not going to tell her not to say pussy. Like, that was just not going to happen. So and then you can't embarrass her either. No, not in the least. So, um, so then she says, uh, she was just like, so what are you, gay? And he was like, yeah, that's what I am. I'm gay. He was. She was just like, "No, you're not gay. My brother is gay. He's gay." And she started pointing out people. <laughs> people were having their lives exposed over salad for no reason. Choosing violence on these poor innocent people who were right. their lives privately. Right, like, dang, can I enjoy my soup and salad? Like, golly, I didn't come here to get called out. Right. This was not why I'm here. So Jackson Johnson says, Marcus was a whole fool in the movie because he never understood who actually ran the show. He thought his dick ran the table and his accomplishments. Absolutely. Absolutely. also very shallow, right? Because in the beginning of the movie, he gets together with this woman, Christy, who's just absolutely beautiful Mm -hmm. and everything. And because Christy needs a pedicure... He he's like I'm not seeing her anymore. Right, right. Which which that was played by Layla Rashawn, and it's just like, damn, who can turn down Layla Rashawn? She's you know right, right. She's she needs a pedicure. Get over it. Like, right. Like, take it to the line. It's not that big of a deal. Right. He called it hammer time in the foot, in the feet, or in the shoe. 
hammer time in the shoe. Yeah. And that, that was the thing. That was like his tick. Like if you did not have perfect feet, he was out of there. So, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, so the whole situation with Strong J happened. And so um, that's when him and Jacqueline, quote unquote, broke up because they really technically wasn't a couple to begin with. No, not really. Yeah. So, according to Jacqueline. Right. Right. So, you know, everybody knows what happens at the, um, at the job. And he's walking around moping. And then when the creative director asked him about, you know, something to do with the campaign, that's when Marcus was like, you know what, have at it. At, he caught a glimpse of Jacqueline as she was walking past, and he was just like, you know what, have at it. It's your show. Well, because this man is so abstract, he's the type of person that you have to oversee because he goes yeah. too damn far. Because and he so, and Jacqueline are just like kind of the same person in that regard, and they really needed somebody <laughs> to rein them in and set some limits and boundaries, and that did not happen. Yeah, right, right, right. So um, Zach Johnson says, humble pie, eat eight in that pussy. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, so they go to the meeting where they're going to premiere this commercial. And nobody has seen it. So they all see it for the first time in front of all these decks. This commercial is a complete and utter mess. Total thing, Yes, she is in some forest and she comes up out of, I don't know, the abyss and she's naked and then she turns around and it's a skull and then she is in a cave with a weird dress and gives birth standing up in this dress to... This is a perfume ad, by the way. Right. Her perfume bottle. She gives birth to a perfume bottle. I will grant them that if you remember perfume ads in the 90s, they were very weird. Like, very strange. Because, like, how do you advertise something that's only smell-based on television? So they have to make you remember the ad. But this was way over. Yes. This was, yeah. I mean, you're right. You're right. And like the memorable ones from the 90s, I would say White Diamonds was memorable. White Diamonds, Red Obsession. Lord. Yeah, Obsession. Um, What was the one where Charlize Theron was like taking her clothes off while she was walking? I don't know. Oh, well, that's Dior, but that's not the 90s. Oh, okay. Um, Calvin Klein was memorable. The CK1 campaign, that was memorable. Mm-hmm. Right. After Buck. After Buck. He, I like but I think that's with a U. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said bad. <laughs> Not at all. Right. She so, went from the essence of sex to placenta. Don't. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. So it was a it was yeah, that was a damn mess. Um <laughs> Yeah, so he almost got fired behind that. Um, but Jacqueline saved his job and told him he may want to go on ahead and take some personal time, you know, to get yourself together, get back on your game because you're completely off your game. 
<clears throat> um, so he because we haven't even talked about Holly Berry yet. Yes, we did talk about Holly Berry. So the Holly Berry character, um, she's part of their art department, and um, she's you know a cute girl, you know, wholesome girl, girl next door type of character, a very artsy type of character. And um, they have her in these very odd hats. Like, I don't remember anybody wearing those hats back then. Yeah, okay. that, was, that was very unique <laughs> to her. But um, Marcus has these two friends, um, which are played by David Allen Greer and Martin Lawrence, which I kind of look at them as like the good and the bad. And he's he's kind of in the right. middle. They're you very know? much like his conscience, for sure. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so um, the good part of his conscience is played by David Allen Greer's character. Which was uh play what was his name? Uh, David Allen Greer played Gerard and Martin Lawrence played Tyler. Okay, Gerard. So Gerard, um, he ended up hooking up Gerard with Holly Berry's character, which her name was Angela. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was so strange for me to see a film where Holly Berry is not like the principal romantic lead, right? Because there's so many films after this where she is like the star or at least the love interest, you know? Right, um, right. So that is interesting. Yeah, I think because I watched, I saw the movie when it was in the theaters, that is mm -hmm. not hard for me to believe it. Well, no, it's just the first time I ever seen it. So I was like, oh, wow, that's yeah. different. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, and I remember when you tweeted that, and I was just like, you know what? I guess that does make sense because she's like, she's like the, on this big pedestal now. She's mm -hmm. like the go to name. At, what, at least at one point, she was the go to name when you would talk about a ultimate beauty. And she I would was, say probably almost immediately after this, like yeah, and she and she was beautiful back then too, but she wasn't that go-to person. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like um, Robin Gibbons at one point or at this point was that go-to person. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> so when you tweeted that, I was just like, you know what? I can see that. You know, I can see why you would say that. So. Um, but yeah, so Gerard and Angela, they were kind of sort of dating, but then it just really like they clicked more as friends. Yeah. But Marcus and Angela was already friends. You know, um, so <clears throat> they still was trying to make it happen between Gerard and Angela up until the point where it was Thanksgiving. Um, Marcus was still kind of in a funk, but he, he hosted yeah. Thanksgiving. And he hosted Thanksgiving with uh, Gerard, his parents, which his father was played by John Witherspoon, um, and then Tyler's mother. Um, that's a BB Drake. Okay, yeah. Um, what is her name? Her name is BB Drake. BB Drake. Okay, yeah. yes, I remember and her I being on uh, Martin. I was looking at her face. And I was like, she looks so familiar to me. Yeah, she was staying apparently his girlfriend on um on Martin, and then she also uh, I don't know if you remember the episode where he went to the unemployment office. Yeah, no, I don't remember the Martin that well. Okay, 
Okay, so do you? Uh, but she was also in like um, Steve Harvey show, Space Jam, Jimmy Fox show, uh, Jason's Lyric. She was in a different world. She so she was all over the place. Yeah. So Zach yeah. said about Holly Berry, she was casted just to be pretty at that point. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but um, she was in a lot of stuff. I don't know if you ever, if you ever heard more or less seen this uh, Richard Pryor movie called Which Way Is Up. She was in that as well. No, I don't think I have. Oh, and then Derek says Friday After Next, she was Miss Pearlie. Have you seen Friday After Yes, Next? she was in Friday After Next. Yes. yes. Right. I've seen all the Fridays. <laughs> right. Like, shut up, bitch. I know somebody that likes you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I know somebody that likes it. Right. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so, yeah, she... Um, those were his parents, and then you have Tyler, and then Angela. They all was at uh, at Marcus's house for Thanksgiving, and so at Marcus's house, <laughs> John Witherspoon steals the show, and I believe this is the first yes. time he ever did the bang bang bang. Yes, yes, you know? but not the last for sure. Yes, absolutely not the last, but yeah. <laughs> The only yeah, the only part of the movie that he's in, and he pretty much steals the show. Um, R.I.P. to him, but uh, yeah, and then the coordinate. I still say that you got the coordinate, yes. the coordinate. Yes, I mean even like so. I like I'm just seeing the movie, but I heard that line before, and most famously in Ludacris song, you know, stand up because you know Tommy yeah. close to coordinate, and that's exactly where that's from. Right. Yes, that's such exactly where a great name. Yeah, and then Derek says, if they was together in house parties, she'd been working. Yeah, she's been working for a while. Oh, time. yeah, she's been working. Like, there, I just named some of the stuff she did around that time. But she's yeah. done a ton of stuff since then, so. Yeah, yeah, she, she did a ton of stuff before we was thought of. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, 100%. Yeah, so. Um, Let me see, her first credit here on IMDb is from 1975. And then her most recent credit is from 2021. So she is a working actress. Oh, she's still she's still active. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Um, so yeah, so they have this Thanksgiving scene and whatnot. <clears throat> and so in the Thanksgiving scene, <laughs> they pretty much emphasize the fact that Gerard and Angela are just friends because like his parents pretty much want them to be together. Um, <clears throat> so after all said, this time, Daniel Greer's character doesn't know that Angela and Marcus have been spending time together. Right. Right. Cause they, but they've been spending time as friends together cause they've been working together and whatnot. And That's then she true. was helping him, she was helping him get out that funk, right. you know, cause she brought him cause like Angela does this, um, this class with kids to teach them art. For schools that don't have an art program and so mm -hmm. she thought it would be a good idea to bring Marcus to help Marcus get out of his funk while he was um on leave and so yeah so after everybody is leaving for uh leaving for the evening and whatnot Marcus has like a whole kitchen worth of dishes to wash. <sighs> yeah, of course, because it's Thanksgiving. So, I've been there. 
who hasn't? Godly. And then on top of that, they had chitlins. <laughs> well, let me tell you. So uh, my family used to have like a huge Thanksgiving or holiday meal. And we would have at least 30 to maybe 40 or 50 people show up. Ooh, we there are two kitchens in my parents' house. Those uh the sinks, all the sinks were full, all the dishwashers were full. We'd be cleaning for like three days afterwards. So yeah. I understood. I bet. I bet. Like we used to have those type of Thanksgivings when I was super little, so I didn't have to help out too much. Oh, you. <laughs> yeah. So um but yeah, yeah, I, godly, that that's too much. It would be so many plasticware. I I wouldn't be able to deal. But plasticware, we didn't do plasticware. Everything was dishes, <laughs> and that's just like them. Like everything was dishes. <laughs> so Marcus was going to attempt to clean up by himself. Angela offered. She told him, or he told her no, and then turned around and was like, "Yeah, I think I might need your help." So they cleaned up everything, and of course, they were exhausted afterwards. And so they sat down to watch TV and fell asleep. And they're watching Star Trek. Yes. yes and the thing about it is they're watching, like, the original Star Trek. Right. Right. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. I remember 1992. Mm -hmm. Star Trek The Next Generation was already on TV for a while. It was. You're right. <laughs> Came I was surprised they were watching the older version, but I thought it was cute. Although yeah. it, he was kind of giving the kind of like, I'm a black nerd and none of the girls like me because of this. I can't really share this with anybody but you. Right? Yeah, right, right. Because they were they were relating on a different level. And I don't feel like mm -hmm. he's ever related to a woman on that level. You know no, he hasn't been vulnerable with anybody he's been in a relationship with. Right. Um, other than Jacqueline, of course, but she's just running him into the ground. So. Right, right. right. He was always very calculated and strategic when it came to women in relationships. You know what I'm saying? So his heart wasn't really in it. Right. Right. So for him to relate to this woman on a different level, it it struck a chord with him, you know. Mm -hmm. And so especially like, you know, when you have an obsession like Star Trek. And you're calling yourself a trekking, you're throwing out all this trivia and all this kind of stuff like mm -hmm. that. That's a whole different level. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so yeah, they fall asleep, they wake up, and they start kissing. Yeah. yeah. They like the making out while they're falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. And then they wake up. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, so one thing led to another. Yada yada yada. Now they're together. Yeah. Right. And he looks at her feet and she has perfect feet. Right. Well, we didn't see him look at her feet because we didn't even see, they didn't even have a sex scene. So we don't even know oh, if he even right. looked at her feet. He looked at Jacqueline's feet and her That's feet. That's right. Were, yeah, her feet That's was cool. Right. But I don't even think that he even cared when it came to Angela. So, uh, Michael Wilson says, is it me or was Marcus ever truly held accountable for his actions? Not really. He kind of got, like, the taste of his own medicine thing. Yeah, the taste. But he's, he never is really like, oh, I see now that the way I was treating these women was not right. Right. Um, 
Right. If he, yeah. like, if the karma was there, he didn't recognize it was karma. Right. Yeah. And so Zach says, after cleaning the politicians, he didn't give a fuck what was planned. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. sure. <laughs> right. Like, who who would care? I, I will watch anything because it's about to watch me. So. It's about to watch me? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Like I don't care. Watch the like, back of my eyelids. Like it's fine. Right. It's it's a wrap. So, <laughs> but um, but yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So, back. So you so you gloss over that part or whatever. The next thing you know, they're they're together now, and now um, they didn't moved in, and now she got he got a phone call. From Jacqueline talking about these execs are coming from out of town. They want I want you to be there and whatnot. And so he was kind of downplaying the fact that it was actually Angela that answered the phone. What he said was, Angela's just here for a little bit. She's like, she's just visiting. Right. Like she don't live there. Right, right. And like, she legit oh. lived there. She was painting there. She put her stamp on that apartment. She's got a whole art studio set up, sir. Right. She's not just visiting. <laughs> like on your presumably expensive rug. She's doing and you don't care. Like and his apartment care. was beautiful. Yes, yes. In New it York. Was it wasn't like you can run a white glove through that whole thing. Like it was perfect. Mm. Yeah. And she came and put her art shit all over that place. And you was okay with it because you in love. You don't give a damn. You just want to like the minute Jacqueline calls. Right. Right. It was just like, hey, oh, yeah, she just stopped over. Uh, yeah, permanently. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, so, he goes to, he goes to the meeting knocks the people's socks off at the meeting. They absolutely love him. Um, now Jacqueline is kind of like looking at him with that eye. Mm-hmm. And she's peeping the change in him. And she's giving him his props or whatnot. And pretty much seduced him. Next thing you know, he's coming home late in the middle of the night, slipping in bed. Like she wouldn't notice that, she, that the girl went to sleep by herself. You know? And that he's coming home at 3 or 4 a.m. or whatever. Right. So the next day, um, she's already up, dressed, reading the paper in the kitchen because that's what people did in the 90s. They read the paper. And when you have the paper delivered to your house. Right. Right. So he he um, comes in the kitchen, just waking up or whatever. And she starts questioning him and he gives her this lie. Talking about, oh, I just went for a walk. I had to sort some things out in my mind. And so, you know, they got to it in the argument because she saw through his bullshit and she knew that mm-hmm. pretty much he he still he still got a thing for Jacqueline. Mm-hmm. And then he gonna come with that lie talking about he went for a walk. Boy, you ain't went for nobody's walk. But I right. lie better. Yes. Like anyway. <laughs> So, so yeah, so she just told him, like, you know, love should have brought your ass home, you know, which is such a popular song. Last night, you should have been with me. Yeah. Even though, like, I didn't know the movie at that time. I mean, that song was a big hit. There were so many hits from that soundtrack. 
Right, right. Uh, you had a yeah. little, little break from the story. Um, you had Love Should Have Brought You Home. You had End of the Road. You had um, There You Go. That's just three off the top of my head. And There You Go is like one of my favorite Johnny Gill songs. Like he sung the shit out of that song. And it's all the face records, which is baby face. And he made like some of the most iconic and quintessential hits of the 90s. Like he was a whole industry into himself. Right, right. I think like Enter the Road was probably one of Boyz II Men's biggest songs ever. Yeah. Like, it was that and the one they did with Mariah Carey. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I, I got so tired of hearing End of the Road. I thought I would never want to hear that song again. <laughs> like, <laughs> they played the yeah. shit out of that song. But yeah. when you saw them, when you saw them perform it live on TV, you understood it. Like, mm-hmm. especially Wanye. Like, Wanye used to kill that song live. Yes. But, um, but yeah. So, um, yeah, so Jacqueline slaps the shit out of him and then she leaves. So now he's uh he's trying to, you know, trying to get back into his mad daddy ways and fuck with um Jacqueline again. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of trying to smash Jacqueline, he stops. And he was like, at this moment, I know that I love her. And mm-hmm. she's just like, okay, well, if you love her, why are you here with me? He said, exactly, and walked out. Mm-hmm. So now he's on this mission to try to get her back or whatnot. And, um, because when she left, she had her bag packed already before he even started lying. <laughs> her backpack. Absolutely. Because she already knew what's up. She already knew what's up. Mm-hmm. She knew what's you know what was up from the moment that Jacqueline called and he tried to play that role. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? She knew that he was not over her and that all he needed was that opportunity. And then the fact that you did not come home to the middle of the night. Yeah. I already know what's up. You ain't got you ain't gotta lie, but you ain't but you ain't gotta tell me either. I know what's up. Excuse if you're gonna lie, lie better, my guy. Like, come on. Right. Right. Like. You know, because at this now I know that you think I'm stupid. Exactly. Like at this point, you're insulting my intelligence. And that's Mm -hmm. probably worse than what you did. You know what I'm saying? So so yeah, so she didn't moved on. She didn't got um this big time job at a um another company, another um company in the same field. Yeah, another advertising firm. She got a new job and she got a promotion. Yes. Yes. And he ultimately quit his job. (laughs) And so her job now is so demanding. She doesn't um, have time to teach that art class. So now he's teaching the art class. So he uses two of the kids from the art class to get to her and... uh, She's not been returning his calls. Yes, she hasn't been returning calls. She hasn't been returning letters, smoke signals, telegrams, none of that shit. Like, she is not in the building for him at all. And And I don't blame her. Right. Right. Like, you can't nobody blame her. You know, he was on he was on his foolishness, you know. So yeah, so he uses the kids 
as a leeway to try to get in to talk to her, which worked. You know, and after she, you know, talks real tough to him, you know, cusses him out, all that kind of stuff. He pretty much says, like, but do you still love me? That kind of stopped her in her tracks. Mm -hmm. um, Zach says she definitely had her dukes up preparation at a super level. Exactly. And she should. Yeah. Yeah. 1000%. And so, you know, that whole line of um, do you still love me stopped her in her tracks. Um, kind of broke her down to going ahead and giving him another chance. Because he also tells her, I can't breathe without you. Right. Right. And he and I mean he did he did uh make a change for the better. It's just that he kind of fell back into his his um player ways. Mm -hmm. You know. So um yeah. So ultimately he got his girl back, you know, and they, they walk off into the sunset, you know, and, and that is uh the gist mm -hmm. of right. <laughs> so let's see let's see let's see uh so when this movie came out you said you saw it in theaters um well theater ish because there was there's this community college um in my area that was playing mm -hmm. movies that were out in the theater at mm -hmm. the time and my mama was taking classes there so while she was taking classes there she just took she took us to school with her and she was like well y'all go watch this while i'm in class and then i'll see y'all afterwards so i wasn't in an actual theater when i saw it but i did see it when it was in the theaters at the time just like georgia state yeah <laughs> yeah right 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 so um yeah um so not the age to be watching movies like this. <laughs> yeah, because we were about the same age. So. Yes, we were the same age. So, yeah, this movie came out in 92, and we were on the, we we were not 10 yet. I'll just say that. We weren't 10. Yeah, not at all, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, you know. That's what it was. Like, my mama didn't take us to go see kid movies. So, yeah. And then when the adult scenes came, she told us to cover our eyes. But she wasn't there. <laughs> For you to cover your eyes. Cover our eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so some of the stuff, we was like, whoa. Especially when she took her panties off and put them in that man's face. <laughs> face. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. That shit was hilarious. But, um. Just imagine being a kid watching that part, just giggling uncontrollably. But um, yeah, um, I think the biggest impact on us was just, you know, at the time because we were kids, the stuff that we did catch it was funny, you know. And then um, it's. It's a, I mean, it's a good plot, you know, um, just pretty much somebody getting, getting their just due, I guess, you know. Yeah, I mean, you. It's even like in the soundtrack I was talking about before, like the reversal of the dog, right? Yeah. 
So that's the whole idea with how uh, Robin Givens' character is treating Marcus. Everything mm-hmm. he's tried on these other women, she's doing to him. So he's getting that taste of his own medicine. Right, 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 right. So it was a, it was a good way to see that happen. You know, mm-hmm. um, it Glenn, was super entertaining. Yeah, she was exactly. really great at it. Exactly, exactly, and it was very much believable. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was very much believable. Like that, if out of everybody else, that's the one that will pull a you on you. You know. And so Glenn says, Marcus. <laughs> I have a stepbrother that's named Marcus, and that's what I say to him. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, poor step bro. <laughs> poor kid, but yeah. <laughs> so um, Zach says, LOL, you wasn't at home here. I don't have any panties on, Marcus. Oh, my God. Oh. Because he tried to deny that he slept with yeah. Lady Eloise in front of Jacqueline. And that's when uh, Lady Eloise was like, I don't have any panties on my case. Right. Right. And then that was her thing. Like, he kind of looked <laughs> he was special. But then Jacqueline was oh, like, yeah. that's pretty much her reputation. She throws her men and men, she throws herself at men that's half her age. You know what I'm saying? And you was and part, she you gets it because she should. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, because I mean, damn, who's gonna turn down the Earth the kid? Like, let's just be. Did real you stuff. see her legs? Did you see her body? I mean, come on, okay, come on. Okay. Like, let's just be real. R.I.P. Miss Earth the kid. Like, yes. let's just them legs. And like Eddie cool. Murphy was so also like super hot at the time, right? Because he has his stand up. He was also doing music. He's in this movie, and also he's producing this movie. Yes, yes. Like that was a big deal. This movie was a huge deal. It was a huge deal. And it was good. You know what I'm saying? It was good. good. It was good. There are, you know, trans there are some transphobic jokes and some homophobic jokes in there. Um, which is yeah. I saw that for the time. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that you had uh, mentioned that in your tweets a couple of times. So um give, can you give an example? I don't remember exactly the line, but it was like Basically, you know, making sure like some lady wasn't a man or whatever, you know. Mm. Um, and then, uh, you know. six chicks with dicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Glenn says Lady Eloise would have needed a new hip after bang bang bang. <laughs> she probably already got a new hip. She's probably good to go. Listen. Right. She probably would have been the one. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but I really did. Even with the, there was a lot of stuff to love about this film, right? Like, first of all, it's it's extremely well acted. You've got these legends, these comedic legends in here. It's like it's truly funny even now, and uh, like the whole depiction of the characters being, you know, smart and successful and like um, sophisticated in their jobs, like. They all have this, they, like, they actually do go to work and everything. They are considered, you know, to be very good at their jobs. They all have, like, these really great apartments and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But they're also very, like, real people. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed that a lot. And also, like, currently we have a dearth of, like, romantic comedies. We don't really have a lot of those anymore. Because mm-hmm. um, I was thinking, I was like, if they remade this, they absolutely could do that. They need to change a few things around. Like we can get rid of that homophobia, we can get rid of that transphobia, 
And then mm -hmm. also the colorism aspect, we can like switch that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so speak on the colorism part of it too. I saw that in your tweets as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Speak on that just a tad bit. Yeah, sure. So I was surprised uh, that Holly Berry was not the romantic lead like for this, right? We have, mm -hmm. we start out with Robin Givens who is darker skinned than Holly Berry. Both of them are gorgeous, right? But at the end of the movie, he ends up with Holly Berry. And right. before this and after this, of course, you see they're all light skinned women are usually the romantic lead, right? They're usually the one that uh, ends up married or in the relationship, right? And Robin Givens is the one who's supposed to be like so bad. Like she's supposed to be kind of the villain, if you will, not really a villain, but of right. the story because of the way she's treating Marcus. Um, and so, you know, Holly Berry gets that softer paint, that shine. She's more domestic. She's, you know, she's friendly with the kids. Um, she's, you know, softer mm -hmm. in a way a lot of dark-skinned women on screen do not get to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to see that switched or just have a dark-skinned woman be that Holly Berry character instead. Right? Because... Mm -hmm. She's really the lightest skinned woman in the movie. <laughs> yeah. And yes, it seemed yeah. like to me, before they got together, I was looking, I was like, wow, she looks darker than I remember. Like maybe she's been tanning or something. Like maybe she had been on summer vacation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, when she becomes the head of marketing at the other firm, right? She gets that new job she, and gets that promotion. She looks a lot lighter to me. Um, yeah. Like she she's giving me like Lena Horn in the face. And I'm just mm. like, okay, so maybe I'm not tripping. You know what I'm saying? Now it could just be lighting or whatever, things going on, you know, whatever. Um, but that's still how it looks. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, so I would love for it to look a little bit different in that regard. Mm -hmm. And there's also like a lot of uh there's a lot of really great like in, emotional things going on in the movie, particularly with Marcus's character. I feel like we could have mined that a little more because like Mike was saying, he doesn't really like face any kind of accountability for his previous actions. And we totally could have had gone into that a little bit. It wouldn't even taken like too much, but the conversation, right? Um, you know, I see what I was doing and blah, blah, blah. I really value Angela for these reasons and the things that I was doing before was da, 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 but I've changed, blah, blah. Now they do show that through action, but you need just a little bit, just a couple little sprinkle of lines in there to like really make it stand out and stick, I feel. Um, but it's still just a really well done movie, especially for the time. Like the music is great, casting is great, costuming is great, like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think because of the fact that I saw it back then and have been watching it throughout my I didn't really see the whole colorism aspect of it mm -hmm. until you mentioned it in your tweets. And I'm just like, hmm, you may have a point there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because you don't, you don't necessarily, like you see dark-skinned women in um, sexual nature but you don't necessarily see them win at the end. You know what I'm saying? And then, yeah, that you say that, like Robin's giving character is more sexually aggressive, right? Yeah. 
and all this other stuff yeah. that you see being put on dark skinned women in films, like even the one that we watched uh, a while ago with Kid and Play, right? Mm-hmm. We get that these very different right. characterizations of the light skinned woman and the dark skinned woman in those films. Right, class act, right, mm-hmm. right. So, yeah. So you you definitely have a point with that. Um, Zach says what we don't is the idea of how women was great at running the show. Yeah, yeah as far as the business, like they were both very successful. They were both really good at their jobs. I did like yeah. the fact that they both got along, um, even when you know, even when they're dating the same person, essentially. Um, I like right, the fact right. they didn't fight about that at all. Right, exactly. Exactly. Um, if Jacqueline had any feelings involved, she was not going to show them. You know what I'm saying? Because that would have went totally against what she was there to do. You know. But then also, it's very clear that Jacqueline likes successful men. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, the minute Marcus becomes not successful at his job, she's like, oh, I don't really want to, I'm not really, that's not cool. <laughs> yeah. But, and when it turns around, she's like, oh, hey, Marcus, what's up? Because that's what she likes. Right, exactly. Because remember, when they first met and she found out who he was, she was, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, Glenn says, y'all should do Strictly Business. Have you seen Strictly Business? I have not. Have you? Oh, we're putting that on the list. That's another Holly Berry okay. movie. Yeah, uh, early 90s Holly Berry movie. And it, it is really yeah. good, too. So. Yeah, if it's um, the early that, 90s, that, I probably haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay, so we're definitely putting that one on the list. Thank you. Um, Zach says, I beg to differ on your on that. Regardless of cl- color, I think it was a pro-women movie that was ahead of time. Well, I don't think probably- you would necessarily have to be like anti-woman to also have colorism yeah. going on, right? Right, right, right. Right. Um, it definitely was a pro-woman movie. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that that's the argument. I think what the argument is that this is something that was continuously going on in, in roles. Is that you mm-hmm. didn't necessarily see the dark skinned woman win at the end when it mm-hmm. came to it being her compared to another woman in the movie? Yeah, I mean, like, you can even go through like Martin's TV show, right? Like, who right. gets to be treated like someone, a love interest, who gets to be soft, who's aggressive, who, you know, who's not wanted. You see that very clearly. Oh, um, yeah. It's strong. It's strong on the Martin show. Like the mm-hmm. one that we start with verbally, almost every episode, skin woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The one that he was in love with, that he would do anything for, was the light skin woman. That was that was 100. Mm-hmm. Was one of like the same thing with with house party. Like they were sexualized. Like the dark skin women were were sexualized or over-sexualized because they were looked at as a part of fantasy. But that ain't the woman that you take home to mom. Right. Exactly. You know? yeah. That ain't the woman that you settle down with. Or if you mm-hmm. or if you do fall for that person, that's the one that's going to break your heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's and not like, the one who gets treated softly or romanced, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, she's not the one you take home the way you marry. Like, not in these films. It's just 
Right. Right. Because like it was a conquest for Marcus when he first met her. He mm-hmm. was going to treat her like he's been treating all the women. Even when he had conversations with his homeboys, they were talking about how he was going to act on it. You know what I'm saying? But the approach was 10 times totally different when it came to Angela. Like he ended up falling out with his homeboy behind Angela. He would have fell out um, with his home. He did his homeboy anything. wrong behind that. He did his homeboy wrong I mean, behind that for real. Yeah, he, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't right. <laughs> he wasn't right at all. But he never would have fell out with a homeboy prior to Angela. But he, exactly. he was digging Angela that much that he was willing to fall out with his homeboy behind her. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Like she was worth it. But yeah. So um, but that's the thing, like the dark skinned women is always over sexualized. Like, and the light skinned woman is the one that you would want to take home. So. She's the goal. She's the one you end up with. She's the one, right. yeah. Right, right. So I can see why you would be like, huh, maybe they should have switched how that would have looked. Like, that would have been a nice thing to, to see. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, yeah, um, show but- me a dark-skinned woman getting loved up on. Show me a dark-skinned woman being the one that is chosen, is the one that it gets to be romanced, the one that gets to have the big gesture at the end of the film, you know? Right, right. Right, so I can I can definitely see where you're coming from from that. Um, not like it's not like we haven't seen Robin Gibbons in a soft character before because when she was on head of the class, she wasn't like an over sexualized character there. You know what I'm saying? She was she was a soft, lovable character. You know, so it's not like she couldn't have done it, but it seemed like they were trying to play her. In the 90s, like they was trying to play her like a black Heather Locklear. You know what I mean? So yes. yeah, so it would have been nice to see her in a in a different role. But she was like, she was got she had gotten to a point where she was getting typecast, you know. Yeah, and then there was the whole like I also like just looking at her in the film, she is so tiny. And think about everything she was going through with Mike Tyson. Right, right. It's just crazy. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if you've been watching P Valley. Um, oh, you have. Yes. You've been watching P Valley, but you know uh, the one of the latest episodes they have with Miss Mississippi it was that whole kind of Cinderella story. They told like Cinderella, and then they told like a dark Cinderella story as well. Um, but one of the things that stands out is that uh, you know Uncle Clifford is like narrating this, and she's saying you know. Mississippi realized that this is not how dark-skinned women are supposed to be treated or something. They usually get, you know, the bad end of the stick. And that's also what Derek realizes too, that dark-skinned women don't deserve this kind of treatment as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that episode aired a week ago, right? But it's still the same issue that we're talking about from 1992. Right, right, right. And that issue was evident in that household. Oh God! Yeah, we can talk about that later. (laughs) Yeah, right. I love that show. If y'all aren't watching that show, you need to watch that show. OMG, it's like the best show ever. Mm -hmm. So Glenn says, for all that loving and choosing Holly Berry, she sure couldn't do right by them kids in the nineties. 
Like the kids in the movie? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing is, I mean, they're trying to show her as like more domestic and things like that. And so the mm-hmm. kids are there to like kind of push that. Um, mm-hmm. So when she becomes a CEO, not CEO, but like the head of her department, um, she she loses that because, you know, powerful women somehow also can't be domestic or domesticity is better than being that woman in power or is more valuable to whomever. Right? Yeah. I, you know, it's because like uh, Robin's character didn't have anything like that. Right. right. She's just, oh, she's a woman in power, a focus on her career. Mm-hmm. Right. But the woman you want cares about children. Right. But right. why? Yeah. 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 They, they care about children. They're going to be there with you on Thanksgiving. They're going to move in with you. They're going to help you clean up after Thanksgiving, even though they're a guest. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, they're going to be a Trekkie. So, yeah. (laughs) So, um, now, can you see this movie being made in present day? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, 100%. It just needs a little bit of retooling, but I can absolutely see this made in present day. Yeah, I, I can as well. I guess mm-hmm. well they're they're gonna have to be creative with some of those um jokes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think that'll be too hard, honestly. No, no, because I mean, even if they were to just completely omit a couple of those jokes, it was just a couple of jokes. It, it would work exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> like right. those jokes didn't part. necessarily add anything to the actual story. Right. Right. So um Zach says. I didn't see that until you pointed it out, but her story with Mike is her whole different. Is her whole different. She lied on that man. Mm. We gonna have to disagree on that for real. <laughs> uh, I would love for it to be remade. Yeah, because Mike actually said that punching her was his best punch ever. He's a heavyweight world, you know, champion. <laughs> this woman cannot be more than hundred and thirty pounds. I don't Five, even think three, top. Range. Like right. I, I, unless I said more, like, <laughs> top range. So no, I, he didn't. Lie, she did not lie on him at all. He actually yeah. said that he did that. Right, right. That was the mentality back then when she told Oprah that because we love Mike Tyson, but yeah. she didn't lie to that man. Let's just be real. She didn't not lie at all. She absolutely didn't. <laughs> Glenn says both of y'all missed the joke. Holly Berry played crackhead moms. And just bad parents in the nineties, like losing Isaiah. Oh, um, okay. I didn't realize you were referencing that film. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought we were talking about the kids in the show. Okay, you're right. Okay, so let's go back to the joke. <laughs> so he said, for all their love and interest in Halle Berry, but she sure couldn't do right by them kids in the nineties. Got it. Now I've I've <laughs> only seen losing Isaiah. I don't know about the other ones. I haven't seen the other ones where she um, did that. I know she was in like New Jack. Was it New Jack City where she was playing? No, she was, was in Jungle. It? She was in Jungle. Jungle Fever. Fever. Okay, Crack so it. I haven't seen that either. Okay, so um, I think we got. I don't remember losing Isaiah. Yeah. Um, and I remember her like getting off of drugs and trying to be a mom, a better person, or better, you know, <laughs> whatever, to get her child back. Yeah, yeah, that but was the. It's again, time. it's been a long time since I've seen the movie. Yeah. 
yeah, that was the gist of um, losing Isaiah. She was on crack and she ended up losing her kid and then tried to get him back, but he had already been adopted. I want to say he mm-hmm. got adopted illegally. What about a white couple? White. Yeah. Yeah. And so they had a big fight. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But um, but no, her first acting role in a movie was a crackhead in um, Jungle Fever. She was in like two oh. scenes. But she played a very convincing crackhead. Yeah, I know she was in that. Well, I know that she played that. I just couldn't remember which movie it was. Yeah, yeah. But I, I believe I put that on the list. But yeah, Jungle Fever is one of the greats too. Um, so yeah, so let's go to our rating system. Um, we have one movie real trash AF, two it exists, three entertaining, four great, and five a true classic. What say you? I'm going to go to five. Uh, you know, I mean, the cast, you can't get around the cast. The cast is amazing. Um, the depiction of the characters is just beautiful, right? It still looks really gorgeous, even though it's, like, very of its time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even with me not having seen it in all of these years, I'm still, like, super aware of it. Like, some of the things that happened in the movie I still knew about. The songs from the soundtrack I still knew about. Um, so you didn't even have to see the movie to know that it had an incredible cultural impact. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same here. I give it five as well. It's perfect in every way. Um, especially for its time, like you can't get no better. You know what I'm saying? It was black as excellence at its time. 1000%. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I'm, did really love at the end how Eddie Murphy was like, I can't breathe without you. Because it was like such a romantic and vulnerable thing for him to say. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. You would never have said that <laughs> to anybody, you know. But yeah, yeah, I'm so I'm so happy that you enjoyed it. Um Me too. Yeah, that's why I didn't want to ruin it for you. I was just like, yeah, I'm not gonna say anything more. I'm gonna just let you watch it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Of course, looking out for you, looking out for you. So, what are we going to watch next episode? So, I was looking at the list of like the 80s movies we were looking at previously mm-hmm. that we had seen. We highlighted the ones we had seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I did miss a couple of them, but what I noticed that you didn't highlight was Heathers. Never even heard of Heathers. Them. So, we're definitely watching that. Okay, Heathers. That's yeah. Winona Ryder and Christian Slater. Okay, yeah, it's Never a dark comedy. I've seen it. <laughs> oh, um, it's 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 set a lot of um, I don't know. It's like a uh, it's definitely like lead the pack. Definitely a transfer. Like a lot of teen movies after the Heather's reference the Heather's visually or in the way they the characters talk or like I mean, way down the line even down to Mean Girls. <clears throat> okay. Cool, cool. Well, I I will be ready next episode. Um, Zach says we're Sorry, going- we're not doing that. No, <laughs> absolutely on. not. I didn't even see what he was saying. Hold on, we are going to have to spar with this because with Mike because she was aggressive too. Not condoning hitting a woman, but she definitely wasn't a victim. They was talking. No, yeah, we're gonna, we gonna leave that one where it's at. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> Where, do, where can I see you or reach you, Maria? You can reach me on uh, 
all social media pretty much at Valor More Dollars. That's V-A-L-A-R-M-O-R Dollars. I'm also on a podcast with some other Black women where we talk nerdy and geeky things called Nerdgasm Noir. So you can find me there too. Where can they find you, Lindsay? Um, you can find me on all social media at L underscore Renell. That's L underscore R-A-N-E-L-L-E. And then I also have a podcast, um, another podcast called The Ish We Talk, where we talk about various topics. Um, we filmed tonight. One of the topics was uh, relationship requirements. Because, you know, mm-hmm. um, it went viral because mm-hmm. one of our requirements to date her is that you have to pay her bills. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> hey, I can't get mad at it. Like, that's your requirement. That's your requirement. Ew. Hey, as long as you up front. Yeah. And that was our point. Like, you up front with the shit. So, yeah. So, yes. Um, that is Romy's Review the Movies, uh, episode 11. So, we will catch you yes. guys on episode 12. Bye. Bye, y'all. Thanks for joining us. Yes.